Hello there, and welcome to today's podcast. The date is Saturday, May 22nd, and we are going to do both a daily dose of news and a discussion about COVID-19, masks, lockdowns, and social distancing, their effectiveness or ineffectiveness. To start us off with news, we have an uh, article from the Daily Wire, and its title is, Officers Guarding Epstein During Death Admit They Falsified record- Records, cutting, Cut Pending Deal with No Jail Time. So basically, uh, the two prison guards, Tova Noel and Michael Thomas, uh, they were assigned to guard Jeffrey Epstein on the night that he died. They admitted that they uh, falsified their records to make it look as though they were working, when in reality they were not going to check on him every 30 minutes. So uh, they were actually just checking sports, uh, shopping, and taking a nap during Epstein's death. So they are admitting that they willfully and knowingly completed materially false count and round slips regarding required counts and rounds. So this, I guess, reopens that Jeffrey Epstein idea that he might not have actually have killed himself. So that's a, that's a, a fun conspiracy that I know has been on everyone's minds on how his death actually happened. Yeah, it's just continuing to be more and more plausible. It really gets you thinking about what else from that case hasn't been revealed in the media or, you know, really at all. Yeah, because I think it's been quite a, quite a while since he died and we still have these types of information coming out, these new types of information. Yeah, he died August 10th of 2019. So almost two years, almost, not quite, but almost two years, and we now have this new information coming out. So it'll be interesting to see if any anything else starts to come out as well about him. But on to our next article. Also from the Daily Wire, um, MLB star Felipe Vasquez of the Pirates has been found uh, guilty of possessing child porn and sexually abusing a 13-year-old girl who he called in text messages his possession and slave. Seems a bit darker But um, Vasquez, uh, in 2019, was arrested um, after the mother of the child, who was at the time uh, 15 years old, uh, found the illicit photos and messages on her daughter's phone from Vasquez and called the police on him. And since then, he's been suspended by the pirates, but uh, he wasn't actually you know, sentenced guilty until just now. Uh, and so, within the next 90 days, there will be a sentencing handed down. But it's really, really disturbing stuff that this could be happening in, you know, someone who kids look up to. Especially, you know, how deep in trouble he got. It's also kind of scary that some states, like California, are starting to normalize it. Like how they're how they're lessening the laws against pedophilia and stuff. And how there's a movement that even says that pedophilia is part of the love is love. You know, LGBTQP is the new idea. And that was actually, there was a TED Talk with that idea of LGBTQP where pedophilia could join the LGBTQ community. So society might be moving towards that unfortunately but if they ever will cross that line will be something only future can tell but moving on we have a 
A six-year-old boy who was shot dead in California on their way to school in an apparent road rage incident. This is from Fox News. So a six-year-old boy riding in a booster seat uh, was on his way to school on Friday, and he was shot dead um, at about 8 a.m. So the mother apparently was cut off on the highway and flicked off the or flipped off the driver in front of them, and the passenger shot a unknown number of shots and one of them hit the child Aiden and Aiden said to his mother it's, his name's Aiden Leos he said to his mother says mommy my tummy hurts after being shot in the stomach and the 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 mother basically picked up Aiden and uh, he was bleeding uh, all over her and he started to turn blue and then the ambulance, that's when the ambulance arrived, and that's the last time that the mom saw him alive. And the, the boy was pronounced dead at a nearby hospital, and the police are currently searching for the suspects. And it was a white sedan, so hopefully they are able to find the, the shooters, the perpetrators soon. Right. In other news, this time from the Washington Examiner, and uh, leading into our topic of discussion today, we have uh, an article by Sarah Westward talking about how many of the people in the United States are still reluctant to shed their masks despite the science behind it. So with vaccinations rolling out and even the CDC coming out and saying that once you're vaccinated, uh, you should feel free not to wear a mask at all, uh, even indoors uh, when meeting with people. And, you know, there's just a lot of fear in the United States right now. Lots of people are continuing to wear masks. Lots of people are afraid that the CDC is moving too quickly. Um, and they've vowed to continue wearing masks for quite a while. But you see state governments and even the national government are moving in this direction of no masks. Um, in Virginia, I know that they've lifted a lot of bans on masks, even private companies like we've talked about before, Walmart, Trader Joe's. Um, Harris Teeters joined that group. I know a lot of restaurants. Uh, but most of them is they don't tell you that they don't require a mask. It's just that they take their signs down is what I've noticed now. It's just they just they don't have the, you know, stop, put a mask on. They just take those away. And that's something this article touches on a little bit. Just the, um, you know, how, how do you address this shift into a maskless society after everyone's been told for a little over a year that you need to wear a mask, you need to wear a mask. If you don't wear a mask, then you're endangering others and yourselves yeah. and everyone else's grandma, right? Yeah. They, they're trying to keep us all wearing masks for a long time, and now that we're told we don't need them anymore, that the vaccines cured all of this, and then other data showing that masks maybe weren't all that effective in the first place how do you get people to shift out of that fear and into uh, this brave new world if you will which pretty much shoots us into our discussion for today so why that don't we does, start sir. on that it does. to start us off we're going to talk about masks and our first study comes from 2009 and it was in Japan and it came to the conclusion that Healthcare workers that wore N95 masks were significantly more likely to experience headaches. So it also did not show any benefits for getting the cold 
or giving the cold. So it, it, it appeared that the mass did not block any transmission of the disease. Uh, then there's one in 2010, and it was on influenza, and it showed that none of the studies reviewed showed a benefit from wearing a mask. And there's another one from 2012, and this one was the use of masks and respirators to prevent the transmission of influenza. Again, it was another study two years later, and it was uh, there were 17 eligible studies. None of the studies established a conclusive relationship between mask, respirator use, and protection against influenza infection. Then you have another one in 2016. It was Smith, and he did the N95 masks or the N95 respirators versus surgical masks and protecting healthcare workers from acute respiratory infection, which SARS COVID-19 is an acute. Well, it's considered an acute respiratory infection, so this this would directly relate to COVID-19. And it says. We identified six clinical studies. In the meta-analysis of the clinical studies, we found no significant difference between N95 respirators and surgical masks and an associated risk of a laboratory-confirmed respiratory infection, influenza-like illness, or reported workplace absenteeism. Um, then you have another one in 2017 with Ofedu. And this one's the effectiveness of masks and respirators against respiratory infections in healthcare workers. And this one says, self-reported assessment of clinical outcomes was prone to bias. Evidence of protective effect of masks or respirators against verified respiratory infection was not significant, statistically significant, which basically, in this case, um, they're basically saying that there wasn't enough evidence to show that it did work. Um, Radonovich, uh, N95 respirators versus medical masks for presenting influenza, once again among healthcare workers, this was in 2019, and it said that um, the N95 respirators versus medical masks as worn by participants in this trial resulted in no significant difference in the incidence of laboratory-confirmed influenza. You have another one, uh, Long in 2020, effectiveness of N95 masks versus surgical mask against influenza. And it once again comes back with there does not seem to be uh, any association with a lower risk of getting the diseases. So COVID-19, SARS, has been compared to influenza and cold quite a few times. And so there are, there are studies as well on COVID-19 masks. Uh, or COVID-19 and masks, and those also show no correlation, no association between uh, um, better protection with a mask on against COVID, both giving it to people and getting it. So there's also an interview with Dr. Fauci where he openly says that the, the masks really only block a, a couple of droplets both in and out, but they really don't do too much to stop the transmission. And so... This weird association has been brought up by public health officials after all these studies. The CDC even has studies of saying masks don't work against viruses and such. But this weird correlation, like if you wear the mask, it'll all end. And if you remember in 2020, over a year ago, the 15 days to slow the spread. 15 days, it's hint, it hasn't been 15 days, talked about masks, social distancing, and lockdowns. So you already look at the masks and you say okay, well, not only can we look at states that do have masks, even if you ignore previous studies, you can look at the states that do have masks and the states that don't. Like, if you look at Michigan compared to Texas or Florida, as reported in our previous podcasts, Texas had a day without any COVID deaths, and they are significantly larger than Michigan is, yet Michigan has the worst numbers for COVID right now, yet the tightest restrictions overall with masks, lockdowns, all that. 
And so Mississippi is another one. You can look at the graphs of Mississippi pre-mask mandate, well, during the mask mandate and post-mask mandate. And you can see this significant drop. And that's where they found during uh, H1N1, the masks actually drove up the number of cases because people would breathe into the masks and it would create a perfect climate for this virus or the viruses to replicate, to reproduce. And then people would just breathe them back in because they'd either reuse the mask or they would, they would, they would not wash the mask if it was one of the reusable ones. And so they actually found, they actually told people not to wear a mask in order to better protect them from getting those diseases. So I don't know why suddenly it's different during COVID-19, if it really is, which is, I guess the point is that it really isn't. And if it's really just a, a crowd calmer, you know, just, it gives people the appearance of feeling safe. And so that's what some of these studies do. And overall, it shows that the conclusion being that there's no there's no benefit of wearing a mask or a respirator. And so there's also studies on lockdowns and their effectiveness. And so you can also compare those with different states. Even ignoring studies, once again, you can compare the lockdowns from state to state and how ones with zero lockdowns or zero restrictions, like Texas or Florida, are doing far, far better than the ones with the most extreme lockdowns and restrictions. Yeah, in fact, even the World Health Organization has uh, just about reversed the original stance on lockdowns. Uh, and while many people are arguing that it's not an actual reversal because they still do recommend them in some instances, it really is just about a 180. Um, if you remember the World Health Organization way back in uh, you know early 2020 was a heavy advocate of the lockdowns, and they continue to advocate for lockdowns. Uh, all the way through the summer, and if you remember, most of Europe had heavy, heavy lockdowns on the World Health Organization's uh, recommendation, and it hasn't turned out too well for them. Uh, and now that uh, the World Health Organization is claiming that it should only be used sparingly, it should be a lower than your plan B even, uh, it should be done for just a short amount of times to sort of regroup uh, slow the spread and get back on your feet so that you can fight the virus but that it shouldn't be a continued thing kind of like how at the beginning they gave us 15 days to slow the spread um, but then they just continued to lock down and then uh, you know other studies show uh, just how harmful it can be you know study from the uh, uh, Global Alliance for Vaccinations and Immunizations. It's, it's just horrible for your personal health to be on lockdown. It ruins with your uh, ruins your immune system because all that time spent alone, you don't have time to, you know, adapt to the new strains of whatever's out there. You don't have time to build up your immune system against other things that will get your antibodies prepared for any new diseases you encounter. So you're just insular, and your old antibodies will be completely outdated and ineffective when you come back out into the world, think about it like uh, feudal Japan, because they cut themselves off from the rest of the world. When you know Commodore Perry finally showed up, they were completely outclassed. They had no idea about the technologies of the world, even though at one point they had been one of the most advanced powers in Asia. Right, so you just think about it like that. You're gonna 
walk out into the world and be completely overwhelmed by all the new things out there. And then furthermore, uh, lockdowns have a horrible effect on the economy, which uh, makes it even harder, especially in America, for you know individuals who are already poor. If you're supposed to be locked down, you can't go out and get work. How are you supposed to give your family food to stay healthy? How are you supposed to get your family medicine, medical treatment, right? And people have faced this all over the world. The economic uh, after effects of a lockdown is really just horrible for you. And how you talked about the negative effects of a lockdown, there's countless negative effects of wearing masks. And so there's physiological effects, which would be uh, shortness of breath, uh, decline in pH levels, acidosis, toxicity in your blood, inflammation, increase in stress hormone levels, uh, increased muscle tension and immunosuppression, which is what you said, just your immune system, just it doesn't get as exposed the same way that it would. There's also hypoxemia uh, and hypercapnia, which have to do with the levels of oxygen in your blood. Uh, psychological effects. You have chronic stress conditions, uh, mood disturbances, insomnia, fatigue, and compromised cognitive inform performance. And then your long-term health consequences. You are increased predisposition for viral infection illnesses. You have headaches, anxiety, depression, hypertension, cardiovascular disease, cancer, diabetes, Alzheimer's disease. You have the exasperation of existing conditions and diseases. You have the accelerated aging process and then premature mortality, which obviously that just follows under all the other uh, diseases that I named. And so you can see both the negative effects of masks and the lockdowns. And even if, even if a lockdown did work, I know there's lots of people saying how, okay, you lock down for two weeks. And if, if you don't lock down, 300,000 people will die from COVID-19. You know, not real numbers, just saying for, this, for the example. 300,000 people will die from COVID-19. But if you do lock down, only 250,000 will die from COVID-19. But since you lock down, you now cause 25,000 more people to die from hunger that would have. So now your, your body count is at 275,000. And then you have 10,000 more die from suicide. So now you have 285,000. You have 15,000 people die for not going to the doctor. Now you're back at 300,000. I mean, you have all these other numbers that can actually make it so that you either lose lives or you don't save any more. They just, they just indirectly die from that. I mean, they didn't die from COVID-19, but because you locked down, you, it led to their death in some form. Like Japan in October of 2020, I believe, had more suicides than they did COVID-19 deaths. And that was a ginormous spike in suicides, even though it's, it's already a very high rate, sadly, over there. It spiked even more and they were having more suicides than they were COVID-19 deaths. And so these, these, the, the numbers, while you might not directly die of COVID-19 or the numbers might be, not be as high as they would have been, you can still get to that number indirectly because of the choices you make with a lockdown. And so that's right, that's where, as you said, who comes out and says, actually, if you can, don't do a lockdown. Like try not to do a lockdown. And so it kind of, and even though nobody really is following it except for, I mean, states are, but as just as a whole in the world, not many people are following it. You know, not, they're not getting rid of lockdowns. They're not finding other ways to create a safe environment against COVID-19. And so 
that's that leads to the next one with social distancing and I think this is the one that logically is the only thing that truly works I mean you're, you have a family member who gets sick so you stay away from them you know you don't get closer to them like that's kind of that's that's always been how it is when you get sick but the I guess the question is to the extent that social distancing works I believe that you have to be within three feet of someone with COVID-19 for a minimum of 15 minutes and depending on your age and such it could be northwards of 30 minutes of within three feet exposure to someone who has COVID-19 and so the, it's not so much I guess that social distancing works but is it necessary in every single scenario well it's not completely necessary in every scenario uh, what works about social distancing is that it's applied on a case-by-case -case basis. Um, so something that's been proven to work time and time again is uh, a quarantine, a quarantine zones, right? You have a sickness, sickness outbreak or an individual person gets sick and you shut them off until uh, the time of sickness is over. Uh, what separates that from these mass lockdowns is that we are, instead of quarantine, like quarantining a specific person or a specific uh, geographic area for a short amount of time until they can get through the sickness and get cured um, or tough it out. We're locking down all these people, quarantining large areas and vast amounts of people, which has all the negative effects we mentioned before. And then also because we're quarantining everyone essentially, uh, the virus isn't necessarily dying out because instead of you know being completely isolated thing a lockdown they can't afford to be as restrictive as a quarantine right so if you get put into medical quarantine you're truly isolated whereas with a lockdown it's like semi-isolation right there's still interaction and with weakened immune systems it's still easy for the virus to transfer uh, as we've discussed with the relative ineffectiveness of masks and I think that's why we've seen in states with uh, heavy lockdown protocols they've had higher case numbers than ones that don't. Uh, in fact, if you look at uh, what's been happening in the southern United States with all those places opening up and having little lockdowns moving into a territory where they don't have as many uh, case cases, we've got much smaller caseload down there. When people from states with heavier lockdowns move, like, move down there for a vacation or whatever, uh, they get sick down there and when they come back they get sick. Whether or not it's COVID-19, they've weakened their immune system in lockdown. And so then when they go out and try and sort of reintegrate with people who are all already immune, they get exposed to these things and then they're sick. It's sort of like if you think about Europeans coming to the new world, right? The Europeans may have killed a lot of the natives in both North and South America, but disease killed more than they could have ever tried to. And that's because they'd been in an insular pocket and hadn't been exposed to all these diseases, right? So then you get reintroduced into a society that has diseases, but they're, they may be immune, but you're not, you haven't built that up. And so that's what we're starting to see with these heavy lockdown states. Their people don't even have the chance to get immune to diseases because they're staying separate, but not separate enough to completely shut them off from diseases. And that's where you can also see it with 
the, the, the way that they do a mask mandate, you know, it's wear a mask and be six feet apart. And that's where you had asked the question, well, if a mask worked perfectly, you know, how they say it would, you know, it blocks it all or all that. If it worked, why would I have to be six feet apart? Why couldn't I just be right next to someone while wearing a mask? And um, there was one where I, I was ex exposed to a, a person with COVID. I didn't get it, but I the health department called and I said that I was wearing a mask during it and uh, apparently that does not matter. And so it's just this, this great confusion. I've had friends who got called by the health department and they say to the health department, well, we were wearing a mask and the health department just tells them straight up, well, that doesn't actually do anything. So you still have to quarantine and all these things. So it just causes great confusion. And it's just, even though we understand, I guess the government to an extent, I mean, I guess it could be power grabs, but at least they're trying to give a semblance of security and safety. It's also like, I'd rather you just be honest and give us stuff that does work because that makes people feel a lot better. Instead of putting these people into a state of fear where it's like, oh my goodness, if they're not wearing a mask, I'm going to die today. But instead showing people much better ways to stop the spread of COVID-19 instead of just throwing out these things that we've openly seen contradiction against, like with H1N1 and that whole mask situation. But I... Uh, I find it interesting just reading all these studies on masks and how they actually come from the same organizations that say that masks are necessary. So I think that concludes our discussion and conversation on masks. Uh, you can find most of these studies, I'm sure, online. Uh, Google may block a lot of them. But uh, I know it, for me it was relatively difficult to find studies on masks um, and lockdowns and such. I don't know about for you. Uh, yeah, it was not as easy as I'd hoped. Um, and then a lot of the things I did find were refuting claims or studies, but I couldn't find the claims and studies they were refuting until I did more deep searching. So I think that lots, again, we were talking about lots of people are scared. Lots of people feel like they need to keep out uh, those who don't want to adhere to all these health protocols because they're afraid that you know they'll get sick or that people will die so well that concludes it for us once again we talked about the effectiveness or lack thereof of masks lockdowns and social distancing we hope you enjoyed this discussion i hope you have a wonderful saturday and start to your weekend and we hope you join us in our next podcast